When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by Lucky Bastard Distillers, Saskatchewan's premier distillery, and by the Pilot Bowens Brewing Company, brewed in the heart of Regina. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only We Did Okay at Golf podcast. Woohoo! I'm Joel Gasson with John Fraser, as usual, as uh, we do have a lot to get to this episode. As uh, while it feels like forever ago, at least in our minds, that the Riders played the Elks on Friday evening last week and um, lost that game, we will get into that. So we will That's, get into... It's just because our Sunday, I think, felt so long <laughs> after the day we had Saturday. Oh, my God. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, so, yeah, the Riders lost to the Elks. Uh, lots of concern right now around the defense. After um, a few years of maybe the concern being on the other side of the ball, uh, the tables have suddenly turned in Saskatchewan, so we'll talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about now how they basically have to beat the Ottawa Red, Black, Red Blacks this week, or... Uh, it should be time for full-on panic mode in Saskatchewan. And uh, we're also going to have a little bit of a discussion about um, a topic we've talked a lot about on this podcast for since pretty much the last few years, at least maybe even most of our existence. And that is the entertainment factor around the CFL. Yeah. Um, it's back. After yeah. years of talking about various issues and various sort of, we can't quite put our finger on it, but something's off sort of ways. Uh, it's safe to say at this point this year it's back, so we will we will give the league its credit, the the props it deserves for that, and so of course we'll get into all that. But first, um, yeah, it was it was actually a great weekend overall. Yes, certainly. Um, yes, of course. If you're a Ryder fan, they didn't win. If you're an Ox fan, you're happy. Uh, but there was a number of uh, CFL fans who gathered at the Marie Golf Course on Saturday morning, and we had a grand old time uh, raising some money for CFL fans fight cancer. Uh, through most of us, other than uh, Play 92s and writer in-game host Mark Johnson, through most of our poor efforts at golf, uh, we managed to raise a good chunk of change for that charity. And, uh, of course, Mark took home the trophy of the Stadnik Inva, Inva golf thingy. And... <laughs> I, lo- I love that Dave <laughs> went to engrave it. And we know Dave did that on purpose, but seeing a trophy engraved yeah. with Inva, Inva, Inva golf thingy, like that is that was cool. Like, yeah, so... It was um, a big surprise. Yeah, so uh, congrats to Mark, I suppose, for winning, though he did have to double his donation because of that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, of course. 
And um, I suggested that the winner should not be allowed back next year, but I guess they've decided it makes you basically allowed to show up every year. Though the term invitational this thing was very loose. It was more of a, <laughs> hey, you want to golf? Just show up and we'll make it happen. <laughs> as, as, as we discussed at the bar, but no, it was cool. Like seeing guys like like Joe who traveled and Vince who traveled and, mm-hmm. and like a whole bunch of people coming and, and Sean coming up big with some, we even had sponsors. Apparently. We had like, golf balls we had i got a new coffee mug and a hat like it was it it made it feel like it feel like a big deal and it was a lot of fun we got to golf with the guys from the piffles podcast uh, who we know very well and uh, they've actually got static invitational merch on sale but uh and actually this is funny i ended up after that i ended up texting uh, sergio castillo mm-hmm. because as, as as i found out recently he's a big office fan so uh, yes a little bit of my backstory is I was, you know, on here talking about how good my golf game was. Well, I went to the driving range the Friday before, and that's normally one of my day off activities. I like to just get out, hit a small bucket of balls, feel good about my game and leave. Well, this year I went out and it was like, I know you're not a movie guy, but there's mm-hmm. a scene in the movie Tin Cup where Tin all of a sudden just gets the shanks. Like, out of nowhere, he loses his golf swing. And there's this great scene that his caddy comes to him. He's in the, he's got, like, all the golf lesson aids and stuff. And holy crap, that was me. So instead of hitting a small bucket of balls, I proceeded to hit, by my count, about 150 golf balls on Friday. And then it got even worse. So I went into my backyard, and I started hitting it into the net that is my kid's trampoline. So uh, unexpected case of the shank. So unbeknownst to me, the next day I show up for the stadnik, and I go to, you know, hit a small bucket on the range and... My muscles are sore and my hands are completely blistered. Much like an episode of The Office where Andy Bernard does exactly this. He's excited for a golf tournament. Uh, so Sergio has now called me the Nard Dog. <laughs> the Nard Dog. That's what his nickname was in the show. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, absolutely great. It was great to pull up in the morning. Uh, great to see the guys. Just That's the one thing with, with the CFL is... Mm. The fans, no matter your creed, no matter your background, no matter what team you cheer for, there's some like 10 out of 10 great people that you've just kind of met through social media. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. And I'm sure like this does exist in some communities across sports and probably the world, especially the world, but even in North America. Like, I'm sure that sort of camaraderie and sort of the spontane- spontaneity of something like this may exist. But it feels very uniquely CFL, at least in terms of Canadian circles, in terms of like, not a huge group of fans, but a group of fans that will just kind of get together and do something like this just because rather than doing it for the, you know, it's not part of some larger scale publicity thing that no. a league or some big organization is putting on. And, and you know what? It, it's a lot of fun because, you know, we've obviously, like I said, the guys from Piffles were there. I know Sheldon's heavily involved in the Two and Out podcast. He was there. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, that's that's it. Like, is it some cheap content for us? Of course. But, like, would I have gone? And even if. if I mean, we, we don't have a... expensive content, so. No. God, 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 no. <laughs> but, like, even, like, we would have gone, I think, even if it was just a bunch of guys who were like, hey, you guys want to come down to Regina and have a great day golfing? And. <laughs> Yeah, it was an absolute blast. Like, my guts are sore from laughing that day. And uh, as I'd said to you, it was the perfect man day. We went from that to hanging out at your place to playing some cards to having way too much product from both of our sponsors. Because holy crap, was Sunday hard. It was, it, was, uh, it was a tough day for sure. I was still oh. feeling it a bit on Monday. As oh, I've, I, I've, reached, I've reached that stage of my life. So It was funny. I didn't feel too bad yesterday. Hmm. And then today, like I said, I, I had only had I had a glass of wine last night while I was watching uh, Futurama because I'm classy like that. 
Um, I'd had a glass of wine before I went to bed. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up this morning. I felt like I got hit by a train. Like, like I felt worse than I did than I did yesterday when I went to mm. work. And, and But also, all the years that you've driven up here for the men's bond spiel and then driven back that, oh, God, I don't. Oh, I could barely do it after one day, and I may or may not have been streaming Red Zone to keep my mind off of the pain in my head and my body. Yeah, it's not fun. Now, now like, quadruple that when you're hungover driving home from a Grey Cup in, say, Calgary. Yeah, that's, uh, that's oh. that, those, those are some of the worst drives I've ever made, driving back from, like, Winnipeg or Calgary or Edmonton after a Grey Cup. Yeah, that's uh, – because, yeah, the media, after the Grey Cup, it goes usually till 3, 4, 5 in the morning, so – because you don't start until the game's over, right? Until you're done your work. So <laughs> that's that's fair. While well, the rest of us degenerates have started, so I and guess then, it, then it's like you get in the mode where you're trying to help empty out the suite at that point, basically. So no, that's 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 fair. You just yeah, you get into empty it out mode. You get uh, yeah, and sometimes if you're lucky enough, you get a a trophy dropped on your face, like I have had happen to me mm-hmm. uh, from both the National Lacrosse League and the Canadian Junior Football League. Yeah, um, you also may have been feeling bad for other reasons. And I feel like we have to bring this up. Um, so you may have remembered last week, uh, John was very excited by the spreadsheet created for this event. Yes. Well, guess who broke the damn spreadsheet? <laughs> it was, of course, one spreadsheet aficionado, John Fraser, because you always hurt the ones you love the most. Oh, the, the, the Joe went build is great. You put in your scores. It kept track of birdies. For the record, to put to put it in perspective, even with how good Mark can golf, there was not a single birdie to be had amongst anybody at this thing. So, I mean, yeah, Joe, there might have been a few had Greg not come up about ten feet short on all his birdie putts. That's that's fair. And I let, <laughs> I let you out myself, so I me and Greg there. can feel bad about that. But <laughs> no, I I so I'm I'm like looking at the spreadsheet and like Joe showed me how like you could put it in and it like we've got a live leaderboard, we got all this going on, and then it turns out I was putting the scores in the wrong spot, so Joe went to correct me, and the whole damn thing broke. So I definitely, uh, definitely am still, and I'm still like. Here we are a few days later, and as we're recording, I'm on Twitter, and I'm still get, catching shit, catching some strays from Joe on that one. Yeah, I mean, you deserve it. Because, of course, I out did, of everyone else, we probably wouldn't have said much. But because, like, if the XL championships are on television, you would be watching. You're that kind of guy. So, of course, 100%. you had to be the guy to break it, and it's just it's just phenomenal. I mean, I am now looking forward to finding them on what I've dubbed the Ocho, because anytime I go on on game plus i just like scroll by it now again with this rogers and shaw merger i'm seeing some stuff like the cowboy channel and game plus but man game plus is the ocho <laughs> i was literally like I, I i was watching a chess show the other night of course today's programming lineup because i wanted to watch coach phil on the rod peterson show today's programming lineup was the rod peterson show three hours of cash cab and then the rod peterson show again mm-hmm and I, when I call it the Ocho, I mean no disrespect to Rod and Dupont, but like, <laughs> boys, you're on the Ocho. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, I did. I did feel bad about ruining Joe's spreadsheet, especially. And Joe was so well dressed and like mm-hmm. way nicer than he is on social media. So yeah, for for once, he didn't ruin everything you did. That's fair. And then I, and then I think I actually heard him to his core. When he missed the last a chance for a birdie, and oh, I yeah. said, "I'm like, oh yeah, Joe, you might." I I I threw out a tweet like, "Hey, hashtag Joe ruins birdie putts," and like, I actually saw pain in his eyes. Yeah, I'm like, oh, 
I thought it was funny, and I guess it didn't land, and now I feel like a real ass. So I ruin a guy's spreadsheet and make a terrible joke. I, I think, uh, as Joe likes to to always say, especially back when I was on two and out, uh, I think I am Joe's favorite. Okay, so we've had Joel, me, Plaster, Ariel, Greg, <laughs> Croker. I'm trying to think if I had anybody. I am Joe's seventh favorite. Dunk was on once, yep. Oh, okay. So eighth favorite. Um, DT was on once. Hodge he was a guest, co- though. Hodge, okay. Hodge will count as a co-host, yeah. Hodge will count as a co-host. Hodge will count as a co-host. And John Cullen will count as a co-host. So that makes me... Joe will probably tweet out that I'm like his 13th favorite uh, three-down Greencast host. That's a very solid number for this podcast. Yeah, that's... <laughs> you know what? That is... I have way... You were the too many there. man on the field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I am the cursed number in Saskatchewan. Uh, that oh. also means I we can never get another different co-host to fill in on the show. That's fair. It has we to be to... a repeat now out of at least one of those people. Yes, yes. Thankfully, there's more <laughs> than enough talented people on that. And I don't even know if I counted to 12 right, because my, well, my, I mean, no. my, yeah. my brain's not working right today. I'll, I'll put out the official list uh, at some point, or I'll figure it out. It's uh, it's been a it's been a day. There's been drive-through etiquette violations, and then I had to fight with flipping over from an old cell phone to a new cell phone for four hours. So, um, based on the glass uh, and and the beers I got, uh, we might be hitting an ask John anything level of buzz tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, rider defense maybe asking new phone who just lately. Um, <laughs> as yes! that was. That was an effort, I guess you could call it, um, against the Elks, and it's been a disturbing trend for the team over the last couple of weeks, or number of weeks even. But before we get into all that and a whole lot more, John, for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, what are in the glasses this week? Well, doing a double fist, as I alluded to, as uh, I, I, my day started with people not pulling up far enough in the drive-thru after you order, uh, which is one of my, now, probably my biggest pet peeve in my life. Uh, so I've got uh, some Lucky Bastard Gambit Gin uh, with some lemon and cucumber. And then leftover, and again, huge thank you to, to Pile of Bones and, and, and Lucky Bastard. Lucky Bastard gives us our bottle of the month. But every time you and I get together, mm-hmm. Nathan and the crew at Pile of Bones make sure that we don't have to spend a lot of money. Because... Last time we got together for the men's bond spiel, they sent us 50-some beers. And even just for this weekend together, we had 48 beers. I still have leftovers. I'm going to crack one right now. The unofficial beer of the podcast, the Pile of Bones White IPA. I had a feeling that's where you were going. Well, because I, mean, I would have drank yeah. the other secret one. But apparently I can... Uh, I have such refined taste that I can even pick it up as it has more booze in it. And the size and the amount of gin I put in the glass tonight, <laughs> I... Uh, we're just going to keep it to the 5%er. Uh, for me, um, I guess it's it's half of a pile of bones beer. Uh, I have the Buds and Spuds Potato Pilsner. This is the Medicine Hat Brewing version because they were as one. That was one they co-brewed uh, at Regina a number of weeks ago or I guess months ago at this point. Time is construct. And so it's nice, light, easy drinking. So this is the version that was made out of the Medicine Hat Brewing Company. Uh, a little bit of a different hop profile, so I've been told. Still light and easy drinking. Uh, if you remember the version here with like the French fries and all that sort of stuff on the can art, um, if you enjoyed the Hunger Force, yeah, yes, if you enjoyed that, there's basically a that's basically what Spud Light is now, just with a little bit of a little bit of a different oh, twist on it. So interesting. I will definitely have to check that out because I was a, I was a big fan and I had that on this here podcast. 
Absolutely. A nice, light, easy-drinking beer because uh, I oh. guess you could say that's how the Ryder defense is playing right now, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's uh, – that is the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 it's, and it's funny because, like, in past years mm-hmm. – People tried to say, oh, it's the defense. No, it's because the offense, you know, they basically would have, they'd be on for 40 minutes while the offense would be on for 20, right? But now it's just not great. I mean, you can't, you can't call yourself a great D and be last in the league in points against. No. Like, I know there's better metrics of measuring defense. And like, there's, there's a couple of real bad blowouts hurting the plus minus in that department for sure. Right. Like to be fair to like I said that in the press box of Joel Davis coming into this game, he was like, he mentioned the difference. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, there was between the the banjo bowl and the game in Montreal, there's like a hundred points right there. <laughs> right. So I mean, right. you shed a little bit off that. It's not quite so bad coming into last week, but I think now as we get into this, you look at over the last three games. Now I think that was the math I did. Anyway, over the last three four games or something like that, uh, the Ryder defense has given up 117 points. They have not kept a team below 25 points since they played the Red Blacks in early August. Oh. And it hasn't really happened much this year. As an aside, as I said in my post-game piece, the good, the bad, and the dumb of that game, as someone who is an observer of football and someone who enjoys the lack of defense at times, yes, it is phenomenal if both teams just decide that defense is optional. I will watch that every day of the week and twice Absolutely. on Sundays. Well, and, and, and that's a big reason you and I love college football is because hmm. just like people that watch any kind of junior sports, the mistakes are there and mistakes leads to points and leads to chaos. Yeah, so all that's grand. I have absolutely no issues with it in sort of the grand scheme of things. If you are a team trying to win a championship, though, unless all nine teams in the CFL are doing the same thing, which they're not, uh, that's probably going to end up being problematic for you at one point or another. And right now... Uh, it's safe to say that it's becoming very problematic for the Saskatchewan Roughriders as this past week especially. You know, the Banjo Bowl was what it was. Yeah. This week coming into this game with Calgary on a bye, so this is one of their games in hand over them and all that, and a chance to basically put the Edmonton Elks out of their misery for this season and to really distance themselves from the Calgary Stampeders and really give themselves, you know, probably like a 90% chance of finishing third in the West and making the playoffs. You know, that's the scenario where you want to see the team put your... And, like, this not no disrespect to the Elks. They are a much better team than they were the last two times oh they played goodness. them. Absolutely. This is not a... I thought the Riders should have won this game by 40 like they should have the first two times. But you wanted to see them win this game to put their foot down, to put the stamp, to say, okay, we're maybe not elite. We're maybe not... We're in the middle of the pack somewhere. But we are firmly where we are now because we had the opportunity to distance themselves and they didn't. And now it's still an uphill build battle for Calgary and to a somewhat lesser degree, the Calgary Stampeders, but still a tough one when you can, when you do the math of how many games are left and how far ahead of them, they have, you know, Calgary has to finish three games better, two games better than them, at least down the stretch. That's including winning a game on October 13th between the two teams to get there. So, I mean, the runway is getting shorter, but it's still a scenario where we'd like to see the riders say, okay, we need to lock this down now. Well, and not only do you have to worry about the Calgary Stampeders, you have to worry about the Hamilton Tiger Cats, right? I suppose. I mean, I'm. I think Hamilton's beyond the point where I I don't see a crossover happening this year for anybody. Right, <laughs> right. Because Ottawa's Ottawa is dog water this year. But uh, no, I, I and the thing that worries me too, 
about Saskatchewan's latest defensive performance is, you know, they, they're they vulnerable against both types of quarterbacks you see in the CFL right now. Yeah. Um, Zach Kolaris, who, if you watch some of his runs in Labor Day, you know, looks like me trying to run to the t- front of the buffet line at times. Uh, just a little, little goofy bit of a running style. Like he's not an athletic guy. He's going to shred in the pocket. He's, he's got the ability to move in the pocket, to roll out and stuff like that, but that's what he's going to do. But you know, to be bad against a prototypical, prototypical passing quarterback, and then also be bad against Trey Ford. Like, what are you doing here? What are you good at stopping? Right. Mm -hmm. That, that seems to be it. Like outside of exciting turnovers and Nick Marshall going from, you know, a, a boomer bus guy every single game to just like every third game. Um, there's nothing that they really hang their hat on. No. Right. Like there's not there's not something that, that, that stands out to me that, OK, they're a really good cover team. They're really good at getting pressure. They're really good at stopping the run. They're really good at living passing opportunities like they're getting beaten in every single different kind of way lately. And I think for the first time, it doesn't necessarily come down to the coaching. No, because, I mean, we've seen Jason Shiver's system with various players be successful to different degrees. Even the start of this year, I mean, for a while, though, the defense is pretty good. Yeah. I don't think everyone would have ever considered them lights out, but they were pretty good. They were, they were good against Winnipeg yeah. on Labor Day. In person there, my goodness, were they good watching them live. Yeah, you could tell they were, like, everyone was fired up for that game after sort of the last few weeks before that. Um, right. And so, yeah, it's it's concerning because as we've talked about a lot on this podcast over the last number of years is, you know, would they ever have, you know, we always talked about, would the offense be able to win them a game when the defense was off? And more often than not, pretty much always more off, pretty much always no, the answer was no, they couldn't back then. Right. Despite the way that Edmonton game played out, this offense, while still not necessarily elite, I would argue is good enough to win them a football game or two when the defense is off. It didn't happen against Edmonton, but I mean, they put up the points they did in a lot of games that should be enough to win a football game with an average defense. Well, and I I would argue that the offense won them Labor Day and the offense won them the week before against BC. Yeah. Like you you hang 34 points on the BC Lions, you should win, you know, and and to me, although the defense was better on Labor Day, it was still Jake Dolagala's best game so far in his career was that Labor Day game. Yeah, and and like I'm not going to take the offense completely off the hook. I mean, they – No. They still couldn't quite – They can be better. Yeah, they can be better. They, you know, they struggled to, you know, kind of command the game late. Um, They did not get the big catches – that they got in those previous two games that we previously yep. seen with Jake Delagala, like the the balls that the receivers went up and got for him before they didn't in this game. And, you know, over time, that's going to even a little bit. They're not every single 50-50 ball or high point ball or whatever you want to call it is going to go the way of the receivers like no. it seemingly was for a while there. So there was a bit of a regression to the mean there. But I think, you know, Jake Delagala still looked confident. He still looked fine. Um, there was the one t- interception as first as a starter, completely not his fault at all. So whatever. And so I, I have no real concerns or issues there. Um, the offensive line should only be getting better as guys sort of get back in there. Mm. The question becomes the defense. Yeah. And as you said, if they're getting beaten every which way and because I was up in the press box, I didn't really see it. So it must've happened late in the broadcast. And I was listening to the green zone post game show on the way home. And it was Daryl Davis who brought up the fact that it was like, okay, Jason Shivers was furious at his guys on the sideline. Yes. And, a coach like that is not mad if he's the guy getting beat because then he no. can say 
This is my bad. I didn't prepare you for them to do this because I didn't expect them to do The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Which is what he's done in the past yeah. consistently through his time here in Saskatchewan. This was very much, we told you he they were going to do this because this is game three between these two teams. There were, there were no secrets to be uncovered at no. this point. They are what they are. And even though the Edmonton defense is different, sorry, the Edmonton offense is different from what it was the last time these teams played, not only at quarterback, but in terms of offense coordinator and how their offense is executed. You know, there's still enough on there at this point to know now. And it came down to, you know, it's been talked about a lot that, you know, stopping the pass is, you know, it's very schematic and it's skill-based and it's everything yep. along those lines. Stopping the run a lot comes down to want to. Yes, and, I was, I was, that's the point I was going to make. You stole it right out of my lips. And it wasn't necessarily there. And I'm not saying the players didn't want to, but, you know, the effort for there was there for some guys. It wasn't for others. It wasn't necessarily, you know, the physical battle that they were losing. It was the mental one. They were, you know, they were overcommitted in in certain spots. And there was, you know, there was never the smart way to cover it because it's like, okay, we contained Trey Ford, but we forgot about Kevin Brown and vice versa, basically. Well, well, and here's a scary thing. You mentioned stopping the run. Like, I'm just looking at the stats right now, the few, few stats we do actually get. Um, and remember... I joked about Brady Oliveira during the Banjo Bowl blowout averaging 10 yards a carry. Yeah. That Belton Johnson brought up on the Green Game, Green Zone post-game show. Kevin Brown averaged 9.2 yards a carry. Mm-hmm. That means every time a running back is touching the ball, this rider defense is almost giving up a first down every single time. Like... Ooh, like the past the past two games, you've given up an average of nine point two to Kevin Brown, eight point eight to Trey Ford, and eight point two to Brady Oliveira. Now again, Brown, Ford, and Oliveira are probably three of the best guys on the ground in the CFL, but as you mentioned, and as any coach you'll ever speak to in the game of football at any level, it's it's you're right. Stopping the run is the want. It's it's the it's you know, it's not schematic. It's just pure athleticism. And I can see why Jason Shivers was so fired up. Like, mm-hmm. if you're not able to stop the run, like, what are you doing out there? Like, something's missing. Yeah, and I mean, this had to be obvious coming into this game. And I imagine it was because 
we saw it in the back-to-back games in the Battle of Alberta's, which was sort of the game plan against the Elks is to make Trey Ford beat you through the air. Yes. And if he does, you get tip your cap. You say, well done, kid. You, you're you're a star in the making of this league, which he still is yep. for a variety of reasons. But if you let him get going on the ground like that, you're going to have a bad time. Oh, 100% you are. And that's what happened. They pizzaed when they meant to French fries. <laughs> Uh, I'll never go wrong with a great South Park reference either. <laughs> that is that is that is well done. Uh, you're right though, but that's 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 two weeks in a row though that you've just gotten absolutely shredded by by players on the ground, and that's never a good sign. And that's not something that successful teams do well, right? So I I think for once, and and, and I think that was to- like the difference too from what we've seen in the past. It was Andrew Harris. It was Kadeem Carey. Shredding right. these teams, but it's because those two teams had significantly good running games. And I guess with Brady Oliveira, that's still the case. But in the case of the Winnipeg, and sort of in the terms of the Edmonton run game loss, they were beat by athletics, not run, not 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 gameplay. Well, and the thing is that, that I wonder too. And again, I I'm not Dan Plaster. I do not pretend to know football as well as he as he does, or you know most people do, but. How do you not have, and this goes back to my days of playing Madden with my buddies while drinking way too many beers. How do you not have just uh, somebody spying Trey Ford there? I don't know if they have the linebacker athletic enough to do it. Well, but that's the thing. So now you're getting exposed for that, right? Like they know the riders don't have a linebacker athletic enough to do it. So now they're like, okay, let's just like maybe Derek Moncrief could do it, but they've, they've worn him out by putting him at Sam. Yes, exactly. So basically, you know, if you want to beat the Riders, come out in the old single wing and just run it up the gut with the Wildcat every single time. So, which again is not generally the sign of a good football team. Am I, am I as worried as I was last year? No, not. I, I, I think I think it's, I think there's there are different scenarios. I don't see a team that is imploding. I don't see a team that is sort of giving up around the edges. I just see a team in a bit of a tough spot right now, and I I think they have more mental makeup within that room to get over it compared to last year. Yeah, and I think you and I talked about how you could lose the Banjo Bowl and maybe even this one and still be kind of okay, but it's really going to come down to that game against Ottawa. Like, if you can't go in and beat a three-win team that, unlike other bad teams of this league, does not seem to be improving, which sucks because I know we're both, you know, Bob Dice fans. We want to see them do well, but... yeah. If you can't do your job this week, this weekend, this Friday night, I think that is absolutely mash the panic button time. Like we're not there yet. The hand is the hand is like over the panic button right now, but it's not quite pressing it. And I have not had a panic button press yet this year uh, compared to last year where I was all over that. Yeah, I mean this this is no doubt a no brainer must win. Um, I think even if the Red Blacks were a little better than they are, this would be a no-brainer, must-win right. sort of game because, I mean, you're looking at a scenario where Hamilton's playing Toronto with nothing to play for. The Calgary Hamilton just beat a Winnipeg team with nothing to play for. Yeah, so if Hamilton wins that, they've pretty much clinched third in the East. Um, if much Montreal and Calgary are playing, so, I mean, that game realistically could go either way. Calgary's coming off a bye, which is always sort of a, a good spot for them. Mm-hmm. Montreal spiraling, but I don't think they're so bad that they're going to lose out the rest of the year. So they're bound to beat someone of significance at some point again this year. I mean, Jason Moss teams do tend to spiral, and J- Jason Moss, Cody Fajardo teams do t- tend to spiral. So I'm not possible. saying it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, they do get to play Ottawa twice, but it could happen. And then, of course, you got BC Edmonton as well, which, I mean, the Lions 
you know, kind of pulled one out of the hat against Ottawa. So, I mean, who knows where they're at. So you think they're going to want to make sure to, you know, sort of send a message that they are the lightning half of that team, not the start of that game. And of course, and even as like the first game of the week, you want to put pressure on the Calgary Stampeders to win that game against yes. Montreal because you've already beaten Ottawa. Yes. Right. So 100%. There's, there's, there's so many reasons why the Riders need to come into this game. And I don't even really care if they beat them by 50 or by 30 or by two. They just need to win. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And it doesn't matter how you win. This is one of those. They're not going to ask how they're just going to ask how many. Yeah. Right? This, this, this game is not process over results. This is all results. I don't care if they're complete dog crap and everything goes wrong and everything sucks and I hate everything they do. <laughs> but if they get the W, that's all that's going to count. And we are, it's funny. It always, it always feels funny to finally start, you know, saying, must win games, but uh, you're absolutely right, Gas. Because it, it, I mean, you know, for, all we, your... we are a very process over results podcast. But once you get to a certain point of the year, like we're approaching October, at a certain point, the process kind of stops, and you just need to win some damn football games. Well, all on that said, especially too, is and you brought up the great point that if you beat Ottawa, now you put the pressure on Calgary to mm-hmm. say, okay, now you have to win. You know. If you lose to Ottawa now, because because Cal- Calgary's in that spot right now, okay, they're still two back of the Riders. Yes. So if they win that game on October thirteenth, plus one more, and the Riders kind of, you know, drop a couple, another one, and along with that range, so if they finish tied, Calgary will win the season series and get in the playoffs. Well, so well, then, then, think... then if Calgary, but if Ottawa, sorry, if if the Riders win this game and Calgary loses to Montreal, you're at that three point barrier which gives the Riders that little bit of extra breathing room to be able to technically, depending how it plays out, lose to the Calgary Stampeders still. But what about a tie? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, as much as I like chaos, you know, that would just be the ultimate chaos. But uh, you're right. It's in put-up-or-shut-up time. We're getting to that point of the year, and you have the chance to, you know, you, you win, Calgary loses. All of a sudden, maybe you can rest a couple guys. And I think, too, the thing with this province and the thing with Ryder fans and, again, you and I using the Green Zone postgame show as a barometer, uh-huh. that the past two weeks has been, yeah, that sucked, but we're still okay. When If they lose this game to Ottawa, not only is the heat going to be turned up in that room, I think the heat's going to be turned up everywhere. I think the heat right? was turned they- up after the Edmonton game. From the fan base, to be clear. Oh, was it? I think it was. I, I, I heard only a little bit of it, but based on what I've seen around, I think the heat turned up after that Edmonton game for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we're starting, but I mean, we're starting to reach a boil, right? Yeah. And it's not until and and I'm not and I'm not one of these guys. It's like, oh, I'm blaming the media. They're negative. They no. they got it. No, no, no. You if you if if you think Coach Dickinson should be fired, just go ahead and say it. It doesn't mean that you're not a fan or yeah. you can be critical of this I mean, team. There but... is there is a greater conversation to be had at one point. It's not now, right? Um, about you know, like realistically, it's. You know, safe to presume this team is heading towards a eight, ten, nine, nine kind of year, maybe ten, eight if they're lucky, and you know you're kind of middle of the pack, sort of eh, well, and, kind and, of team. And, and is that you know, in terms of looking at the long term, as long term as you can in the CFL, I don't know if that's where you wanted to end the season. If you're a Ryder fan, I think you would have preferred to see them either a at least finish top two, host a home playoff game, and you feel comfortable with the crew that's here, or just completely bottom out, and then you know it's time for change. Instead, you're still kind of stuck in this middle zone of where does this franchise go for he- from here next year? 
when both of the guys in charge aren't under contract for next year. Well, and and there you go. You and I had this. You brought this up on your couch, and I it was kind of a light bulb moment. And you're right. Now is not the time to have the conversation. No, no, no. But let's let's not forget O'Day and Dickinson, both in contract years. And and again, like I like the success that Dolagal is having. I like the fact that Trevor Harris has basically come out and said, "I am coming back this year." Um. But you're right. This is not where you want it to be. You don't want to be that team that's meh. You yeah. don't want to be real good because you're good, or you want to be real bad but building towards something. So, mm-hmm. and, and and again, this game is going to go a long way in defining the season. And I'm actually kind of excited that because of our recreational schedules that we're going to get to record on Sunday night and really get to talk about what the hell's going on with that game because to me, like... That's huge. Like, this is definitely, this is the make-or-break time of the season here, this game against Ottawa. Mm -hmm. And you can feel that it's a make-or-break time across the league right now. Oh, my goodness, yes. It was just another phenomenal weekend in the CFL. Um, Yes! The Labor Day rematch weekend was meh, whatever. Uh, There's a lot of reasons for that, but Labor Day weekend was great. There's been, I would say, a handful to half a dozen just absolute real banger weekends in the CFL this weekend. This year, we're like... Every game was just either good to pure chaotic insanity greatness, and it's not something we. This weekend was kind of it. Yeah, well, I mean, there were some other weekends too. I can remember. I don't remember the yeah. exact weekends, but there were definitely a few others where I remember at the end of the weekend sitting there being like, "Whew, that was a ride," <laughs> you know? Right. I, I mean, I mean, <laughs> Labor Day was already that. The week yeah. before Labor Day was kind of that, uh, minus you know, Winnipeg beating Montreal, but. You're right, and it's funny because I hate, I hate, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it because Glenn Suter says it so much on the broadcasts mm-hmm. that, oh, it doesn't matter how much time's left. It's the Canadian Football League. We can go right ahead and it doesn't matter. And I, I hate it because Glenn goes to it every fucking time. Yeah. But he's right this year. Yeah. And historically like, about the CFL, he is. Yeah. Yes. No, no, certainly. And it has been just... To steal a word from uh, from my play-by-play partner with the Rush, uh, Cody uh, Cody Jansen, uh, it's been bananas land for a lot of games, right? It, it seems like nobody's truly out of it unless it's you know Saskatchewan playing in Winnipeg at the Banjo Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. But it's 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 been great because I feel like, and the TV numbers are showing it too that there's there's a buzz again. Yeah, for sure there is. Like and and it's being picked up on and 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 you couldn't have timed it better with the move to CBS Sports Network. Yeah. That American fans are now picking up on the fact that these games are chaotic and fun and and, and stupid and everything basically you want in college football but professional and mm-hmm. slightly better execution. Like, yeah, I think through perhaps unintentionally as we've talked about it through some third parties, the CFL is slowly tapping into not necessarily the football fan market, not necessarily the NFL fan market in the United States. But there is that niche, and you and I and Dan Plaster are a part of this niche yes. that enjoy college football for very different reasons than most people like football. Those people are finding the CFL, it seems. Yeah, yeah, and they really are. I mean, you look at, I mentioned Coach Phil, who was at the Labor Day Classic and the Banjo Bowl. He was on the Rod Peterson show today, but, you know, he's not hes not quite a sicko, but watching no. his interview on Rod today, he's like, yeah, I just love football. Yeah. Right. And that's and that's at the end of the day with the sickos committee and and guys like me, you and Dan, like we just love football. Like there's no other sport where you see the chaoticness where things can turn on one play, like even watching the Monday nighter between your (laughs) Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns, where literally Uh. 
There was even there was even a... that like ridiculous like quadruple fumble ruski that ended up against the Steelers. I was just sitting there laughing. Like, <laughs> oh, but well, it ended up against the Steelers, and that definitely happened because they went. They literally went back in time. Like, yeah, the, the quarter had ended. They they did a review, went back and played the last thirty seconds of the first quarter again. There's a fumble ruski. Like it was just pure chaos, and that has been the case in the Canadian Football League this year. And I mm-hmm. think a big part of that is. I I still think there's been a league memo that the coaching cap has quietly gone away. Like, Scott eh, Milanovic is not working as a special assistant in Hamilton for pennies. Where Jeff Reinbold's out there, too. Like, you got some of these, like, like uh, not Wally. Uh, why, Mike Benavides is out and beat. Like, you got a lot of these, like, really good coaches that are in... Some of them in kind of made up roles. I know Scott Milanovic is now the offensive play caller in Hamilton, which is why they're playing a lot better. And but Benavides like, is in charge of special teams since their coordinator had to leave. Right, yeah. but I mean, like, like uh, to me, you're not getting those guys for peanuts. So I don't know what's happened. I don't know, like, if 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 either they've all said, yeah, whatever, we'll take a bag of peanuts and a slap on the ass to come coach here to rebuild our careers or something, but. I don't think it's coincidence that you've got guys like that back in the league and all of a sudden, you know, you're starting to see the next generation of quarterbacks come up. You're starting to see entertaining players like Chad Kelly. Like, yeah, why well, I, I, a lot of it, too, is the talent. The, they found some guys finally that fit quarterbacking in this league. Yes. And I think there's been uh, there's been a thought process amongst a number of the offensive coordinators letting these guys go. Like we've seen, yeah. we've seen Powell and Hamilton slowly get better every week. I think he's in this conversation too, where they they just let him run the offense. They just let Jake yep. Dolagaller run the offense. They did not, you know, they didn't have the you know they didn't have the handcuffs on Chad Kelly at the start of the season. No, uh, Trey Ford's finally out there just doing his thing, and there there isn't even when Drew Brown comes in for Winnipeg, who may be the best and most experienced backup the league comes in. It's like just go run it. There's, there is, you know, there's a little bit with Mason fine, but you used to see a lot of conservatism when these rash of injuries, starting quarterbacks that have been happening for a number of years now hit the guys behind them. Either a weren't very good B the offensive coordinators wouldn't let them do anything or C a combination of both. And right. I think there's, I think some coaching has finally caught up to that both in terms of talent, but also in terms of thought process of we aren't going to win football games in this league with a quarterback who is being held back because we don't trust him to run the offensive. He, we don't trust him to run the offense and he just should not play period. Let's try someone else. And they just kept trying someone else and someone else. Sometimes out of necessity because a hundred million quarterbacks in this league have gotten hurt in the last 10 years. <laughs> yes. But some of the, some of this is finally starting to hit. And I've, I believe I wrote this in a piece a long time ago for three down nation. And this was after the Darian, like after Darian Durant got dealt out of here to Montreal. I wrote the piece on sort of, you know, quarterback options and different things to try a quarterback. And I, to me in the CFL, finding the next great quarterback for your team is just throwing jello against the wall. There is no, like, there is no pure way to scout this, to know how this is going to work. It's literally just trotting guys out there until it works. And finally, because we, we seen it here in Saskatchewan, outside of Kevin, you know, experienced guys like Kevin Glenn and Trevor Harris that they've signed. Yep. The array of guys behind them. Just kind of, you just keep cycling through them. And then finally, Joke Delagala hits. Not saying he's going to be one of the best rider quarterbacks of all time or even a good starter for a number of years. But at least you can look at him and he can win you football games right now. And you think maybe there's something there. 
Yeah, and and watching him, he doesn't look like the deer in the headlights look that we've seen with so many CFL backups before him. And even, I think too, I think you've got coaches and coordinators that are willing to live and die with a quarterback's mistakes. You look at, they're not putting the leash on Vernon Adams anymore. You're going to see some games where VA throws four picks. I wonder if but they're going to. I wonder if the coach's cap has helped that a little bit, knowing, okay, if this goes sideways for at least a year, I'm probably not going to get canned. <laughs> no, that's there is a I little. Mean, there is a little bit more job security unless things like really go sideways and not necessarily in a football sense, right? No, 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 no. You're absolutely right. But I mean, yeah, you got. We always joke about bad Zach on this podcast. Yeah. We've talked about bad VA. We've seen bad Cody both here in Saskatchewan and now in in, in Montreal, where. It, to a degree, it's like, A, they're finding guys, but B, they're also going, okay, this is my guy, and he's going to go out there, and he's going to throw four picks, but he's still going to be my guy next week because that is how we're going to do things. That's how we're going to make it exciting, and that's how we're going to make football good, right? It's, uh, I think, too, I think teams are getting rid of some stigmas, too, where yeah. they're not going that, okay, you played in U sports, so you can only be an offensive lineman. Yeah. Right. Like, like they're letting Trey Ford out there. Like, like I mean, obviously Stephen McAdoo didn't, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, if you yeah, want right. to see one name we've said on the podcast more than any, it's probably Stephen McAdoo and and how bad he is. I'm surprised that he's not getting chance like your boy Canada down in Pittsburgh. Um, it, it, like you just you just look at it like the stigmas are gone. They're no longer saying okay, you're too small, you can't play wide wide receiver. You're too slow. You're, you're you're this, you're that. You have to fit these. No, they're letting Canadians play at every position. They're letting Americans play at every position, uh, and and letting the ratio just kind of sort it sort itself out in a way. You know, they're. they're I, they... I think, I think sort of the the Mark Tressman influence is slowly wearing off on offense too. Yes. There was so many guys in this league who came off that tree and they were all running the same system. And I think it's, yes. it's slowly, I think Jordan Maximic in BC has really helped sort of blow that open a bit and yep. make teams think a little bit differently to how they approach offense rather than, you know, it was the Alberta Golden Bears former coach who said that, yeah, basically every team in the Seahawks are running the same offensive system. Right. And exactly. I wonder if that sort of maybe woke some people up and said, oh. And so, I mean, I think, you know, what what you think of the Riders' system or not? I mean, Kelly Jeffrey does things a little different. Kahari Jones does things a little different. Scott Milanovic at least somewhat does, but he comes from the tree. So there's guys that are still from the tree, but I think they're figuring out that it's like, okay, it's long past due that we mix this up because the defenses were on to what we were doing. Yeah, and you look at Buck Pierce in Winnipeg and even Paul Lapolis's influence a little bit still remaining in Ottawa. Like, Buck Pierce is basically Paul Lapolis 2.0. Like being creative, uh, you know, using multiple weapons out of the backfield, uh, so many different looks, so many different things. Like, I don't know if you're ever going to see in, in Canada the ring around the rosy like the uh, Kansas no. City Chiefs like to run. But but you're right. Like the product has been just better. Yeah. Like it, it, it doesn't. And, and maybe now that although COVID's still a thing, you're out of the pandemic restrictions and things like that, guys, guys. And I know you still have practice restrictions, stuff like that. But. The football just seems cleaner. Like this year, to me, it looks like the second best football league in the world. Yeah, no question. Athletes, about it. athletes, and everything. Right. This isn't like you're not seeing guys come out like a Mason Fine. You're not seeing a Tino Sinceri out there, kind of embarrassing the league a little bit in a way by not being able to complete a pass to the wide side of the field. So <clears throat> it's 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 been good and and for guys like us and and I hope our listeners. Um, I never. 
in all my years of podcasting, I've never wanted to be the one that's been like preachy. You should do this. You should, you should be like this. But like, just if you're out there listening, and I know most, I know most of you guys are are are, are most of you guys and and girls and 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 everybody that's listening is 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 a big believer in it. But just brace the dumb, watch the games, enjoy the chaos, and have some fun with it. And if and if that's not your jam, give it a try. Stress free. It's awesome. You'll like it. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.